I want to welcome everybody to tonight's edition of A Conversation with Brian. Tonight's guest, Greg Bosman. Greg and I have competed against each other in basketball since our teen years, and his incredible and somewhat challenging life's journey, which took him from the storied basketball powerhouse of Crisfield High School on Maryland's Eastern Shore, to Fort Union Military Academy, to the University of Georgia, to West Virginia University, to Roanoke College, and back to the Eastern Shore, to the Eastern Shore Correctional Institute, where he worked as a corrections officer, to his current profession as an educator, coach, and athletic director. Greg's story was featured in Mitchell Northam's new book, High School Basketball on Maryland's Eastern Shore, a shore hoops history. We're gonna have a really good conversation tonight and I hope you all sit down and just get your popcorn because you might smile a lot, you might laugh, you might have some tears, but we're gonna really dig into Greg's story and his amazing journey. And so without further ado, we'd like to welcome Greg Bosman to a conversation with Brian. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. Hey, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, we, we've known each other for, what, 40-something years, right? And we've literally never had a conversation. No, we haven't. It's an yeah. shame. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. We, we played against each other. We, um, we recently have gotten in touch through Facebook and through texting, and, and I've just grown to admire, you know, the heck out of you. And, and I always, you know, thought about, you know, when you were playing at Crisfield, and I'm going to give our audience some context and then we'll jump into our, our, our session today. But when, when Greg was in high school, he transferred from Washington High School to Crisfield. And I was going into my sophomore year and Crisfield was always stacked, <laughs> always stacked, you know, state championship after state championship. And I had finished my freshman year and I did okay. But going into my sophomore year, and I saw that Greg was transferring into Crisfield, and I was like, oh, my God, they got Kenny Evans. Now they got this 6'8 guy who can do everything. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He was ahead of his time. And, um, you know, I, I really, you know, I appreciate the times playing against you and Kenny and Crisfield. Um, and then we kind of, you know, went different ways and you, you know, went and played college basketball in a, in a number of different places, us ending up in the Atlantic 10 very briefly together, you at um, West Virginia and me at GW. Um, but your story is, you know, is fascinating. You know, one of the things that um, led me to want, wanting me to have you on the, the show was this book. Um, when I read Mitchell Northam's High School Basketball on Maryland's Eastern Shore, Ashore Hoops history, and I turned to the lessons of Greg Bosman, and I started reading your story, and it really just made me connect to some of the Facebook posts you've had over the years, and just um, just the, the humility with which you live life and how you give back. And so I'm going to start, Greg, just with this quote, and I just want you to talk to it from, the, from uh, Mitchell's book. You don't belong here. Man, you don't belong here either. This exchange between two former Division I college basketball players happened in the late 80s, but it didn't come in a park, on a hardwood court, or in a gym. It took place on the campus 
of the Eastern Correctional Institute, a medium security men's prison in Westover, Maryland, then the largest of its kind in the state. It opened in 1987 and created many jobs for Eastern Shore natives looking for work. Folks like Greg Bosman, who landed a gig there as a correction officer. Greg, in our, um, in our opening, you might not have noticed it or you may have noticed it and, and our audience may have noticed it. There is a clip from a wonderful basketball player named Skip Wise. Connect the dots for me. Well, um, my brother was a counselor. At, at, we actually started together. He, he was a counselor and I was starting as a correctional officer. And uh, we, we started work in February and uh, had to go through the academy. And when we got through the academy, they actually started uh, bringing in inmates for the west side. The east side was full. So the west side of ECI was starting to open up. Right. And he was counselor in housing unit one. Of course, you know, my brother, he, he's much like you, me, and, and Paul. He, he loved basketball. That was yeah. what he loved. Uh, he came home one evening and he said, man, you won't believe who's on my caseload. And I said, who? He said, Skip Wise. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, I'm telling you, I'm his counselor in housing unit one. So Bruce, you know, again, wanting to play ball, went to the warden and got permission from the warden for us to play basketball against what was with the varsity team on the west side every day. So we played seven days a week in jail from four to six against these, you know, these inmates. And what talent was in there? I mean, yeah. Brian, listen, you're a great player, you know, probably one of the best high school players ever on the Eastern shore of Maryland. Um, and went on to have a college, great college career. You know, I could play, but it was, oh, he, he, yeah. he was, <laughs> he was um, an NBA player. Yeah. And it was sad. And, you know, we played against each other so much. And that particular day when that conversation took place, I said, Skip, you don't belong to be here. You know, you should be in the NBA. We should right. be you know, uh, at the tail end of your career, possibly a Hall of Fame career. And he, and he kind of looked at him and he said, you don't belong here either. And that was just the admiration of us playing together. Sure. All, in all those days, you know, he, he respected my talent. And of course, I respected his. Game respects game, right? Sure. You know, and, and just thinking about that, um, and in the book, it talks about when he said that, you it really kind of gave you a kind of a, a spark turn in terms of, you know, where should my life be going? Um, let's let's go back a little bit, because, I mean, that's kind of the the middle part of your journey. Let's go back to your, your time at Chrisfield and then your time with Fork Union, because I know Coach Eric was a, a, a huge influence over you. Talk about your journey in terms of, you know, when you left, when you played at Chrisfield and then you decided to go to Fork Union. Talk about that in terms of your basketball, your career, and then talk about the, the journey that took you to different places and really um, was part of your life story that became, it's, it's who you became, right? And so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, in, in the 10th grade, and I'm going to tell a little story I'm going to say high school i'm six four and a half and i'm a guard but you know and i know back then if you're six four and a half and you're in the bay side you're yeah. gonna play yeah so i had a great coach larry sterling who put me you know in the post uh, i actually in the 10th grade i flunked off the team so i i was you know cutting up a little bit in school not doing right. what i was so i lost that year my junior year we started off really strong uh had some talent a lot of talent on the washington team but again i'm playing a position that kind of really hurt my confidence more than anything because yeah. I 
I was a face the basket guy. Um, so I got a little frustrated. I quit 16 games into that season and, and, and left the team and decided to transfer to Chrisfield. My grandparents, uh, lived in Chrisfield. So they became my senior year and I did what was unheard of. You didn't go from Washington high to Chrisfield. That's that's a rival. That's like me going from Wahide and Bennett. (laughs) I I didn't lose, but there were some, some friends that were very upset with me. Yeah. It's, I get invited to both class reunions, so it's all mended. Yeah, time it was it was not what you wanted to yeah. do. So, Mr. Kane, Coach Kane, let me face the basket a little more. You talked about Kenny. I mean, that, Kenny was just an unbelievable high school player. Player, yeah. Uh, and you know, when we were on and we were hitting, we were a pretty tough team that year. But I think me going there somewhat kind of disrupted um, the continuity of the team because I was the guy coming in from Washington and, you know, we had a real strong, um, regional, we almost made it to the States lost by yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. But we, you know, we had some great moments that year. Um, but I knew one, because I felt like my whole high school career, um, I kind of had played out of position and not really shown what I could do. And for, um, before you go on, Greg, for those who don't know, you know, about Greg, Greg, you, seriously, you were, you were before your time, really. I mean, if you had played today, you would, I mean, you'd be like a pro because yeah. six, 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 seven, six, eight, that's Kevin Durant. And that's how you played. Right. Back then, if you played like that, you know, you got ridiculed. Yep. Playgrounds. A lot of times, like, you know, and I'll go talk later about men's league teams when we could finally form our own teams and play the way we wanted to play right. and started beating guys that to beat us in high school, just because we were allowed to, you know, finally be ourselves, my brother, sure. same way. So, um, uh, you know, I went to Fork Union. I actually saw Fork Union Military Academy, at kids going left and right in Street and Smith basketball magazine. And the name actually Fork Union Military Academy kind of caught my attention. Sure. So, um, I wrote a letter. I had Coach Kane write a letter, and uh, Coach Eric Fletcher Eric had me come down and try out. Um, and we played, Brian. I tell you, we played three, four hours straight. I, I mean, I thought I was going to die. They were, <laughs> and uh, he was so, he was actually so impressed with my brother. He wanted him too, but Bruce had already played some at Salisbury yeah. State. He, you know, he couldn't go back and prep. Yeah. Uh, and he, he chose me. He called me up about a week later and, and said, I, I, you're, my, you're going to be on my 12-man roster next year. Uh, so, so when I found out you were going to Fork Union, because, you know, I had gone to, um, to a number of basketball camps and, you know, played against, you know, Kenny Smith and Pearl and, and, and all the other guys. And, but there were a lot of guys who were going to Fork Union who were just beasts. And I was like, when, when I saw that Greg was going to Fork Union, I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's going to go big time. Well, when I got there, um, you know, I knew right away these guys could play. I mean, we had guys getting recruited by North Carolina, Maryland. Yeah. Big time schools when I arrived. And so we started playing pickup ball. And, uh, you know, at first I'm like, man, you know, this is this is no joke. Because, you yeah. know, you take a trip off. You know how it is. A Division yep. one guys, nine of us were Division one basketball players. So. Yeah. You, if you don't play defense, you're going to get embarrassed. Yeah. So I ended up guarding Keith Colbert from Annapolis, Maryland. He ended up playing at Virginia Tech, um, and he was quite a player. Yep. So he got better. 
you know, every day you got better playing yeah. against competition. And that's pretty much what happened with me. And I also had probably one of the greatest coaches, basketball minds and human I've ever been around in coach Eric. Yeah. Rest his soul. I know he passed away last year. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Um, he, he was an amazing man. You know, like I, I said it one time before when I was being interviewed that if, some, you know, your, your parents of course are, you're always go-to sure. and my, big part of my life. But if you can meet an individual like that, you know, comes into your life and can guide you and, and show you the right things to do, you're, you're blessed. And I was blessed to have him. And so, so through, you know, again, through um, the, the next stage to going to Georgia and West Virginia and you can talk about that. Did you keep in touch with Coach Eric through those oh. times? Because I think that's the anchor that people need when they're going through these rocky shores, these rocky yeah. pieces. All the time. He, he was disappointed in me, but he also understood coming from the eastern shore and how we're all real close knit down here. Yeah. Sometimes we run home because home is a safe haven. Yeah. He criticized me, but you know, he told me one time in front of Amrit Rayfield, coach Rayfield, son, I had taken him down there to try out. He see, he said, you should have been a pro basketball player. Yeah. And you're kind of like putting your head down. You're thinking, <laughs> but he, he was always there for me. I could call him. Like I said, he was disappointed sometimes, but he never like turned his back. He was always there to talk. Yeah. Um, great. Man. So you, you go to Georgia um, and you don't stay long, but in the book, you talk about one regret because that Georgia team was huge. They went to the final four. We, uh, I went down there and I'll be honest with you that summer. I didn't, uh, you know, I left Fort Union. So you, you know, you're getting notoriety that you're assigned with a division one school. You're in the paper and your yeah. head was a little big and I didn't prepare for, for the rigors of what, what it was going to be when I got there. So I, I had some good moments. Um, I don't think I was the type of player that Hugh Durham wanted. Yeah. Um, used to some, some guys being a little rugged and banging down low. And I was more of a perimeter player, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they went, they went on to the final four and that probably is my biggest regret because I should have been on that team. Yeah. And then, and then you come home, but then um, Gail Catlett, you know, has you come to West Virginia and I don't think, I don't know if you remember this and, and it, it's vaguely in my head, but there was a game where we played against each other. And for some reason I was in a car and you were in a car and you, we, we kind of passed each other and we waved or something. Do you remember that? I do. We were going back to school. Um, you know, I guess you were going to GW and I was, yeah. we were, we were set to play each other. I think within a week's time, you know, you don't get much of a break when, when uh, oh. season's going on. Yeah. And, so neat because we you know we kind of passed each other and, yeah. and my brother car with me and he was like this is pretty cool you know two two kids from the shore playing division one basketball and yeah families are waving you know your family's always been so uh warm and welcome everywhere you go you know your dad god rest his soul he was like you're just great people yeah. you know what I mean? but they had big smiles on their face and that, that was a neat moment you know yeah, I, I didn't know if you remembered that but i i remember that and i'm like again it's like it's funny because these 15 minutes is the most we've ever spoken to each other. Exactly. Um, and we played against each other. Um, what, you know, you sent me that clip of when we played and we were on an all tournament team at the, from the, uh, the boys club, Salvation Army boys club back then. Now it's the boys and girls club. Um, and we, we've been in the paper together and played against each other, but 
again, you know, life is funny and, and it takes you on a, a interesting journey, but I am so blessed and, and, and fortunate that we've connected because I feel like I know you really well. And just through the things that you do and how you, you're, you're just a great role model and how you live your life, it just is so impressive. And again, you know, in the book you talk about, you know, everybody has tough times. It's, it's just how you respond to it, you know? It is. I've, you know, I've had a lot of setbacks, you know I mean? I talked to you briefly about, um, why I left West Virginia, but you know, with my mom being ill, yeah, and that was that was hard. You know, I mean, you're you're 19 years old, and you know, you you know, you should be staying in school, but your mom's sick, and and you want to be home with her. You know, what I mean, yeah. so um, you know, some things to me at the time were much more important than basketball or my future. You know, so, you know, Greg, one of the things that I always you know just think about is, you know when you say there, there's certain reg regrets in terms of the final four, I don't look at it that way. I just look at it. That is just part of your story. You wouldn't be who you are today without those challenges and those, those pieces that were maybe um, not the way you want them to go, but you're able to tell your story to so many kids. So hopefully can prevent them from making some mistakes, but also to help them understand that, they're going to all go through hard times in life. Their, life is not going to be easy for anybody. No, not at all. I mean, it, it's other than my family, you know, my wife, my kids, my grandchildren, and then of course my parents and my brother, when they were alive, grandparents, when they were living, uh, nothing, you know, and, and, and I say, you know, of God, of course, you know, cause you believe in, in you know, in a greater being, but sure. it was more important to me than that round ball. Like mm -hmm. I think, it almost consumed me. And I tell kids all the time now, if I love something as much as I love that, and I'm, and I, you know, kind of made mistakes and messed that up, we're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, tell you, I mean, that's some, who would ever thought that I would walk away from basketball, yeah. you know, and, and you got to learn how to deal with that. And, and what I've done through those mistakes is try to share that with, the students that I've worked with over the years and, and tell them, look, we're not perfect. We're going to have ups. We're going to have downs. Yeah. Uh, big thing I tell them all the time, you, you're never going to be on top all the time yep. and you're never going to be on bottom all the time. So it's how you handle each situation is the true test of, of any man, I think. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, I, I think we always, or I shouldn't say always, but there are times where we think the grass is greener on the other side and and i i you know although I, you know again I, I humbly say i was a pretty good basketball player in, in high school um and i was very fortunate because just like you know bruce with you i had an older brother paul who you know when you know i would play against paul and the older guys and and i was able to you know just hone my game because i was always playing against older guys um but you know one of the things that i found when i got to gw as you just kind of alluded to was that everybody was good oh yeah but everybody was good and so you know coming from the eastern shore where you know i might have been you know pretty you know recognized it, it was still difficult because i didn't play very much my first two years i was just like you know there was a lot of dnps on my my, my screen on my my stat sheet did not play and, and, you know, my first year, I wanted to quit. I, and I, I don't know if people knew this, but I wanted to come home. But I, my parents like, you know, just stick it out. But it really was um, very challenging. And it was, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because, again, 
you got a big head because you think you're going in and you're going to be a star and right. everybody was a star in their in 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 their their uh their high schools yeah you were you i would i admired you because you stuck it out you know what i mean but i i think you much much like me in a, in a way but, but somewhat different your your um bayside career you were you were a big kid playing bayside basketball and i i think if you had maybe at a young age working on guard skills yeah initially, yeah yep. it and, and that's the thing because you know coach waller you know you know I, I appreciate him putting me at guard my senior year but i didn't have guard skills and so when i went to gw it was like I'm playing against all these guys from New York City, Newark, Philly, and they are all playing guard when they were, you know, in you know, middle school, and they were six three, six four, and yeah. so it took me some time to catch up to right. be able to do that. And then I had a coach who was, um, you know, Jerry Gimmelstab. Um, he's passed away now. He was a former assistant from Bobby Knight, and he was all about defense. You had to play defense. You had to be hard-nosed. And I would play defense and never get in the game. And so we got a coach, John Keister, who came from – who was, you know, from North Carolina, and he's like, I want people to score. And so I just my, – my sophomore year, I just, just practiced on three-point shooting because the three-point shot was coming in. And so I knew I would get in the game if I could just shoot the three. Yeah, you, you were um... – way way better than me in high school there's no question about that but yeah, I, I think I it was, turned around afterwards because you just i don't even know that i just feel like you know like i said if if we had lived in a different area i can't yeah. my situation maybe if i'd come up 20 25 years later i would have been a perfect fit for the game especially today's game and i think in your case if you had grew up in new york where yeah. you were a guard in middle school no yeah. matter you know you six three six four you're still playing guard yeah. Who knows what would have happened? And I said the same thing about Jerry Carter. You remember Jerry Carter? Mm -hmm. he, he was yeah. the same player, great, great player. But I think if somebody had really honed his ball handling skills at an early age, I mean, the sky would have been the limit for him also. Yeah. Let's let's go to, you know, after you, you left West Virginia, you, you went to Roanoke and you hurt your foot and then you kind of went back home. And that's where I, you know, I started with that quote where you um, went to the Eastern Shore Correctional Institute. Um, once, once, you know, you, you left there, um, and you talked about, um, you know, going back to Chrisfield and starting to coach, talk about your, your coaching career, because you, you have had a, a great coaching career and I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about the people, the, the young people, girls and boys, because you've coached girls and boys, the people that you affect T talk about that experience for you as a coach, as a teacher, because I think the coaches are the greatest teachers. Right. When I, when I left Roanoke. Um, you know, that, that was a rough situation for me because it started so well. And then I had hurt my foot early on and it, I knew it was broke. And you were a D3 preseason All-American. Yeah, I, I had, I had uh, preseason. That's what they were predicting. In my yeah. first game, big article, I would, uh, Maroons have found star in Bosman, but yeah. I, Brian, and I haven't shared this with many people, but I was, a, I was kind of addicted to uh, some pain, painkillers pills back then um i actually missed the game against catholic university because i i, I couldn't i didn't get up yeah, yeah. get me up and, uh, it, it was bad at the end um i regret that but the things you do to, to play and i knew that was my last opportunity to play yeah. but I probably 40 percent of what i could do that year because of my injury and it just it was heart 
heartbreaking, really. And, and that's why I think I admire you so much, you know, Greg, is because, again, we all have, have had struggles. I, I've talked, you know, in my podcast, um, you know, about my struggles with mental health, you know, when I was younger and um, and, and right after I, I finished playing ball in Europe. And 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 so but but we're human beings. And I think, you know, men sometimes don't open up and share because we think we're supposed to be tough and strong. But when we do this, we're allowing somebody else to be like, oh, somebody else is going through this or has been through this. And it's OK for me to be weak sometimes and ask for help. Yeah. And it, and I use that sometimes. I tell them, I said, I was I was addicted. I, I understand how people become addicted because, yeah. you know, I wanted to play basketball. Of course, I was like a zombie out there, but yeah, I had to do what I had to do to, to fight the pain. And, uh, you know, something that I share with the kids. This was a time in my life where. I wanted something bad enough that I did something that I shouldn't have been doing to continue it. And, uh, you know, backfired on me because I ended up both my feet were broken at, at the end. And that's how it ended. And, uh, I just never went back from there. You know, you come home to the East shore. I'm at the gym all the time at Crisfield high school playing pickup ball. We had a very competitive, like semi-pro summer league down there. So I was a, a fixture, you know, playing ball and, I, I ended up wanting to come back to the shore to prove to everybody, you know, you didn't have to do that because everybody knew Brian Butler was the, the star high school player. In my case, you know, I was a good high school player, but my upside was, so I, I spent a lot of my life, you know, with trying to prove. Like chip everybody. on your shoulder. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I was very competitive in men's leagues, but coach Phil Rayfield would always let me in the gym. He was a teacher at Chrisfield. Right. Because you know, you got a you got a kid that's played college basketball. Yeah. Everybody about me, so I could help the kids. You know, and that's when I started really sharing my story with them. That's instant uh, credibility. Division yeah. one. You somebody hears division one. That's instant credibility. Yeah, they look at you and you're like, oh, that's you know, that's Brian Butler. That's Greg Bosman. They played college basketball, so that was my end. Uh, and then in 1989, uh, actually it was 1990, the spring of 1990 we were playing and coach Rayfield got called into the hallway by the principal at the time and when he came back in he says uh would you like to be my assistant coach next year they've just offered me the head coaching job at Chrisfield and I was like absolutely (laughs) my dream you know because my plan probably like yours I wanted to play high school college try to play pro somewhere yeah and home and uh teach and coach and so what is coaching like for you is, I mean, it's, it's the other side. I and mean, you, you, you as a player, me as a player, we have a lot of control over things. Um, and you, 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 as a coach, you get all different types of players, types of personalities, and you have to, you know, help them become a team. Well, I ran conditioning along with being the bench coach the first two years. Um, my conditioning was like a drill sergeant. If you ask any boys basketball player from 1990, to end of the 2000s, including Andre, you know, how my conditioning was, they're like crazy. I mean, I should, <laughs> I come, but I, I found myself in, in one, one year, I think it was like 19, maybe 96 or 97. Coach Rayfield comes in the gym and he said, Boz, come here for a second. He said, you have got to chill out a little bit because th- these kids, they're getting ready to fall out. You know what I mean? But I was so geared to that college. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
and then you know and, and like you said you got to you, you get different talents you get kids that you know are playing just to play they don't love sure. the game yeah so you adapt to to the you know the athlete and the player that you have what's the difference between coaching uh boys and girls or is there a difference oh it's a big difference when i started i mr rayfield in 99 he said look we need a girls coach here every year chrisfield was a dorm doormat of the the conference i mean their girls basketball program i i think went two stretches where they didn't win a game in like seven and eight years wow and he was like uh, why don't you try it and i'm like coach look i am not going to coach girls basketball he said i'm telling you you know he did it before he started with the boys and he said right try you know so i said okay uh, my first year I'm, I'm turning 37 years old and we go oh and 23 and i mean we're getting beat brian 70 to 13 wow 85 and so um so what is your mindset then then greg because you're used to winning and playing on at a high level what is your mindset then is it more you know building relationships building re uh, resiliency help teaching life lessons um, and also teaching the skills, or is it, you know, we just try to, we just need to get a little bit better, just even if it's not by winning, just to, to, to show that they're improving. If, if honestly, if I had been 27, I would have never coached girls basketball. <laughs> but at 37, yeah, and I had experience. What we did, we said, okay, they beat us 80 to 10 the first game at 70 points. We're going to, we're going to cut that in half. Okay. Yeah. 35 the next time we faced them. And it didn't, you know, it seems like still a lot of points, but, but that's a little big. Those are victories. And coach Kane came to my last game at the civic center. They were playing all the playoff games at the civic center at the time. Right. And we lose, you know, we, I think we played fairly well. We only lose by about 17. I think it was the Colonel Richardson and coach Kane comes over to me. So you are going to be a great coach. I said, coach Kane, I'm Owen 23. <laughs> He said, you coached from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. And it didn't matter if you were how far you were down or how things were going, you were still teaching and you were coaching. So uh, honestly, from 99 to 2002, 2003, greatest by far, the greatest five years of my life in dealing with basketball. Really? Just in that program around the last two years we were in a regional final uh two years in a row and it just the, the relationships we built the teaching that we did it, it was it, it, i'll never forget those five years and i bet you some of those girls who are now women still you know think finally back at that time and maybe even keep in touch with you because of what you experienced with you i'm friends with everyone i'm on facebook yeah. they've all become successful uh you know, we got a doctor in, in uh, physical therapy. We've got uh, career military. I mean, it's just yeah. amazing how successful those young ladies have been. And they're like, they're like my daughters. You know what I mean? I still keep up with them and, and check on them. They don't even know I'm checking on them, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. peek page, make sure everything, you know, things are okay. But it, it was a, it was a great experience. I, you know, I, I don't, I'm hoping that you know, some of the things I did, you know, for them at the time, helped them through life, but they, sure. they helped me. I helped them. Hey, you know, you know, you're just talking about that, the idea of that experience helping them later on in life. Um, 
I, I think for a lot of um, basketball players, and especially when we were coming up on the shore, I, I think some of us had it backwards. Some of us, you know, let basketball use us instead of having ba- having us use basketball as a vehicle. And I think at, you know, at times, I think I let basketball use me, but I really started to think about, I'm not that good. I ain't going to the NBA. I better start thinking about, you know, what's next. And especially when I, I played in Europe and then I hurt my knee, I was like, okay, how can I use basketball and my experience as a vehicle to get better and better and to, you know, do the things that I want to do outside of basketball. Correct. It was, um, my son, my son was like that. He was a very good high school player and he, you know, he, it's, he didn't go to, uh, you know, like where he wanted to go. Right. I told him, you don't understand. You, you don't have to play division one. You, you can play division three, NAI. Yeah. It's what, it's what that provides you, you know, the, the lessons that's going to provide you the doors that open. I mean, it opened, doors for you you know later on in your career because you you came home and i'm sure it was the same thing hey this guy played pro basketball yeah. let's hear what he's got to say so you're you're always using those things as, as a tool and you're right i i think um basketball uh, a lot of coaches don't don't push that let it you know let it be a life lesson for you and and things you know you can share with kids and, and students and, and and help them through their problems yeah, it's, it's it's a microcosm of life. I mean, it when is. you talk about basketball, the sport, you know, what happens during a game, the ups and downs, you know, what you have to do to prepare for that game through practice, um, you know, not getting along with people, but having to, you know, work with people who you might not right. like on your team. It's 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 such a, a great um, vehicle to allow for no matter who you are on the team if you're quote the number one person or quote the number 15 person every person has to do their their job for this team to gel to move as one right yeah it it definitely i mean you look at curry he's probably the greatest shooter yeah he goes over nine the other night you know doesn't make a three the whole game i mean and and he's he's the greatest he's the greatest shooter probably ever in the nba he has to deal with that you know he he has to keep playing make nice passes, go to the basket, fight through the, that adversity. So it's a teaching tool. All sports are, but, you know, where we played basketball, that it's, it, it's taught me a lot of life lessons. Yeah, you know, Greg, one of the things that people don't realize is that we fail much more in oh, yeah. basketball than we are successful. You know, if you and I are shooting 40, 42% from the three-point line, that's great. Right. But, but we're missing 58% of our shots. Exactly. We're missing missing more than half of our shots. And so you have to keep going and say, I'm, I'm going to get back up because I have to have that confidence, that belief that I'm going to make it. Right. You know? And so it's just like life, right? Exactly. I mean, how many times, you know, you, you, you had some struggles that you, you know, that you've spoken about in your life and, and God knows I have. Uh, there's been times, you know, when you got to fight through it. You know, you get up and, and things just aren't going your way. Life's, life's rough. Things are, things are happening. People are ill. You're losing family members and you have to be strong and get through those things. Yeah. And of course, you know, it teaches you that it teaches you to fight through adversity. Speaking of, you know, tough times and, and, you know, adversity, you know, you posted something on Facebook and I think it's just like the most fantastic tribute to you know a family member you 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 
created a court for your brother Bruce. Oh, you're gonna now you're gonna you're gonna have me uh, crying in front of. You know, it's it's amazing. I mean, when I saw that, it's that's amazing. My brother for me was uh, he was my hero. You know, he uh, you and I admired him not just basketball wise, but he he was music. He knew music. He made people laugh. He was popular. You know, everybody knew him. They gravitated to him. So as a, you know, younger brother, four years behind him, I'm looking at him like, I want to be him. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and he was, uh, he was very special to me. So when we, uh, we actually moved back and I'm here now in, in, uh, in my home place, uh, the court had, had, you know, deteriorated quite a bit where yeah. we played on it. So we did some work to it and, uh, kept working and kept working and then i came up with the idea this year that i wanted to paint it you know like a court like that you see did you so do that yourself i did wow I, that's I really found, impressive i found some concrete paint here and i started out and i just started and then i kept going and then i said well i'm gonna add some some border and then i'm gonna put his his uh his name and, and call it his court because that, that that's where i learned i mean yeah. i learned all all my guard skills were because he was six six and I was still five ten. Yeah. So when I drove to the basket and he blocked my shot, I, <laughs> I really want to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> but I miss him, about Brian. Ed, I lost. I've lost my you know my grandparents and my parents, and that and that's devastating. Yeah, uh, no doubt. But your sibling, you don't. You just think they're always going to be there. Yeah. So yeah. when he passed in two thousand thirteen, it was probably the hardest still one of the hardest things that I've ever had to deal with. And I think one of those things that, again, it's one of those, those lessons that it's just a, uh, you know, lessons in resilience. You still got to get up each day and try to, and try to just, you know, especially when you're, you're working with kids. I mean, you could be going through all this stuff in your personal life and then you have to go in and, and, you know, somebody said this quote, his name is Bob Aker. Um, he said, you know, to educators, to coaches, on your worst day, you are some child's best hope. Yeah. When, when, uh, it's funny you say that, but many times I'll tell kids, you know, I said, there are moments when I come here and I've had things happen to me, divorce, you know, death in the family, financial issues, and it, it they're devastating things. And while I'm riding to work and I'm listening to my music, I, I'm going through it. Yeah. But get into school they would never know yeah and and I said, you know the smile comes on yeah eyes you know and and we just kind of start and they they don't know that and i try to teach them that you know we're not perfect we have things happen to us but we we have to handle that and we have to be professional and we've got to come to work and do our job and for me it all goes back to basketball gray because if you're going through stuff and you come to practice, does the coach want to hear that? The no. coach wants to say, they, they might be, they might empathize, but they say, once we step between these four lines, we had a job to do because we're counting on you, Greg. We're counting right. on you, Brian. Right. So, and that, and that's what you do. You go to work, you know, and, and, yeah. and on that, sometimes, you know, I guess you could call it a facade because you're hurting. Yeah. Because I've been hurting. And, and it's funny because the kids, you know, they know when things they happen. Yep. Like yep. miss work and they'll say, Where's Mr. Bosman at? Well, he yeah. his brother passed away. And you know, 
you'll you'll get a big card on your desk and then the whole student body signed it and you know you're just you know but part of that is you know they they know you care about them they, yeah. they love them and, and and in return a lot of times they'll love you too yeah Tell me about being an athletic director, because that's that you got to juggle a lot of balls, a lot of sports. And when I when I when I first started that, uh, I was at Chrisville and I had that success with the girls basketball program. Right. And I by the superintendent and assistant superintendent to go to Washington and coach Washington's boys team uh, that had some rough times and right. become a director. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try. Uh, I was fortunate again, like Mr. Phil Rayfield guided me through coaching, you know, working under him. Yeah. I went to Mr. Tim Talls, who was the AD at Chrisfield, and he he was my go-to guy. Thank God for him because, you know, I could call him. And even now I call Dave Bird at Pocomo, mm -hmm. Stash, Stash yep. at Wild. Yep. You know, I'm not perfect, you know what I mean? So if I've got a question and I think I'm getting ready to do something that I shouldn't be doing – you know, those guys, Andy Hall at Parkside, they're, yeah. they're all. Uh, so it, it's, it's, it can be tough sometimes. I mean, you're, you, you got to balance and you got to show fairness to every program also. Yeah. I, th I think one of the things I heard you say is you, you aren't afraid to reach out. And I think, again, you know, being transparent and modeling what you want from people who are watching you is critically important. And so if I'm watching this, and I'm an athletic director, or I'm a teacher, or I'm in any profession, and I hear Greg Bosman, who has you know done a lot of great things, say, I, I don't know how to, I don't know everything. I reach out and ask people, then I can say, I can do that too. Right. Because yeah. I, we've created this this system or this this thinking that everybody is perfect and nobody is perfect. And 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 sometimes these facades hurt people because they think that they have to you know, live up to some unrealistic expectation. Yeah, we had four uh, gentlemen come to the school today. Andre Collins actually organized it, and mm -hmm. I was like, see. And two of, two of them I coached, so I'm much older than them. Right. But very successful. And they were talking about how they did it. And I'm, you know, 59 years old. I'm sitting in, and I'm learning from them. Sure. So you don't stop learning. You never stop learning. And, and I think sometimes, like you said, people think that, you know, if you're a principal or you're a, yeah. a, a big time doctor or a lawyer that you, you know, everything and you, everybody's got to be that way. I got to be perfect. Well, nobody's yeah. perfect. Yeah. You know, we learn it. Yeah. I'm learning from you, you know, because you're sharing things with me as we talk and, and, it, and it, you have to absorb that, you know, yeah. to grow. I think, you know, what you just said is exactly right. You know, we, we learn from each other. And I just, you know, there there's a um, an old African proverb that my wife used to have on our, our wall. And I, I said it at my dad's funeral. And it goes, as I go, I am wearing you. And it means like anybody who I have touched or who has, you know, influenced me, I am putting him on my on my my back. You know, I'm putting Greg Posman on my back tonight. So where I go, you know, from the rest of my life, there's pieces of you that I'm wearing because I'm going to use your experience, your story to help me get through things or help me navigate things. So I think we all should be wearing each other, um, the good pieces, even the, the challenging pieces, because that helps us, you know, when we face those challenges. I, and that goes back to, you know, being blessed to we've, you know, been around in our lives for yeah. parents, yeah. coaches, you know, I've had some, some people who, 
thank God I'm wearing them because uh, they've helped me through a lot of, a lot of yeah. problems. Yeah. Hey, you know, what makes me laugh and it doesn't make me laugh. I'm, I'm really so impressed because my basketball days have long been over. Um, you know, I have had, you know, hip replacement, two knee surgeries, but I will see your post in the morning where you are shooting in the morning before you go to the, the school or at school and you're just firing them up. How many, how many shots are you getting up in the morning? Used to be three to five. Uh, it's a little less than that now because oh of my, my goodness. But uh, it's that chip. You know, <laughs> yeah. that still got to prove to these people that, you know, maybe to Greg Bosman, you know, the one uh, game where you, you show me the clipping where I only had four points. You know, that's not a, that's not a division. No, you, the clip I showed you at 19 points and you all, you know, kicked our butt. <laughs> but that's how my high school career went. So I wanted to prove that and still want to prove to people, hold on now. I might not have been the best high school player, but I became a, a, a very, very, very good player. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all as, as, you know, former athletes had this little chip. Uh, yeah, because yeah. there's always something in the back of our head. You know, me, it's, it's always, you know, again, I don't dwell on it, but it's still there. That double overtime state championship loss that we we absorbed in my senior year. And so th those kind of things are always in the back. So it's like, okay, when I'm coming up against a challenge, how do I beat this? How do I beat this the next time? Yeah. You, you were, you were part of that chip, you know what I mean? Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it like it is when I'm, when I'm, playing high school basketball was around the same time you were and you were you were the phenom you were a freshman starter sophomore star junior senior star you're getting scholarship offers and the talk of Salisbury so I was like yeah, I'm gonna show I'll, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know it's what's funny um, Greg and I and I I'm really being honest I, I, I don't rem I remember part of my four years I don't remember a lot of games I mean if I look at a stat sheet about I, I remember some games um, but I never saw myself that way. Like people tell me that's the way they saw me, but I never saw myself that way. You're, you're very humble. You know what I mean? You, you weren't, you were different because there were a lot of guys that were good and, and, and they let you know they were good. You were a little different. You just went out there and played and, and you were, you know, like I said, we all had respect for you and you were, you were a household name. Yeah, I, I I just remember you know seeing you play, and then when you went over the Christmas, I'm like, God, that guy can shoot. How are we gonna beat them? And so I, I'm always thinking like, you guys are better than me. Like you're I, truly, I'm like, how are we gonna beat them with with the weapons they have? Right. And so I, I I mean, again, I, I don't want to be arrogantly humble because I know I was pretty good, but on the other hand, I was like, I, I don't, I just didn't think of it that way. Yeah, and I was, I you know, I guess I was just which I show by still getting up in the mornings. I just yeah. something to prove, you know what I mean? I got to prove. And I still feel like it sometimes when, uh, you know, they'll talk about different players and I'm just like, why, why, you know, <laughs> and I say, Bob, look, come on now. You're 59 years old. It's, <laughs> it's over. Yeah. So it, that competitive spirit always, always churns though. I think yeah. you just got to use it in different areas now. Yeah. Well, before we close, because I, I do appreciate you coming on. This has been wonderful. And, and again, it's it's taken, and I'm trying to think when we first probably met, it, it's probably, it has to be 43, 40, 43 years ago, 44 years ago. Go back to that Salvation Army. It's it's probably a little longer than that. Yeah, yeah. Probably 12, yeah. 13 years old when you were yeah, probably. So 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's been a long time. You know? So this is the first time we've actually sat down and have a conversation. So when I come down to the Eastern Shore, we have to actually go and sit down and oh, and ha have some dinner and just really kind of have a, a, another conversation and chat it up because this has been wonderful. And and Greg, seriously, when I you know think of people from the Eastern Shore who have you know created a, a legacy and created um, just a way of a path for people a path for young men, young women on how to live their lives. And again, we're going to have challenges. We're going to go through things, but how do you respond? How do you bounce back? And how do you continue to, within those storms, continue to help other people? That's you. That's well, you, my friend. I appreciate it. I I feel like that's been my calling, you know, to, 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 to try to help people. And it, it's, it's so fulfilling, you know, all the basketball things aside, and, and we both had a lot of great accomplishments. And, you know, we had, we could brag a little bit about how our careers were and where we played. But the most important thing to me is if, if I help somebody, yeah. you know, you notice on Facebook, I don't get into negative posts. I don't get into, right. yeah, I'd stay positive because I feel like that's what people need. You need positive people in your life. Yeah. And if I've helped one person. You know, I think Muhammad Ali said it. I don't know exactly how the quote goes, but I think he said if he's helped one person in his life, then his life has been worth living. So that's kind of what I stand by. Yeah. And he also said, if I'm the same person at 50 that I was at 20, then I've wasted my life. Correct. Right? Correct. So I'm that I'm not. <laughs> that I've learned and I've grown. So yeah, I think that's hey, you. We, we haven't talked, like you said, we, we, this is the most we've ever talked, but it's almost like we're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I think I texted you one time and I, and I said, I feel like I've known you, although we've known each other our whole lives, we haven't known each other, but I feel like I've known you and like, we've just always talked like this. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I mean, you, you can talk about what I've done. You've done some wonderful things also. So well, I'm wearing, I, I'm wearing a lot of people, Greg. I'm wearing a lot of people. The same thing and we'll continue to do that yeah all right my friend uh thank you so much for you know coming on a conversation with brian and we'll talk to you very soon all right thank you so much brian thanks great